0: You are listening to the Bear Performance Podcast, where we discuss topics on fitness, nutrition, business, and leadership to help you perform at your highest level and go on more. I'm your host, Nick Bear, founder of Bear Performance Nutrition and prior U.S. Army Infantry Officer. We've scaled our brand through our four pillars of transparency, service, and integrity. And now I want to share with you, through our experience and our guests, how you can optimize your life. Welcome to the show. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, I am sitting down with my pregnant wife, Steph. <laughs> That's right. We're having a baby.
1: Wow. It sounds so weird to say it.
0: Yeah, we we decided to hold off from releasing this, this episode until after we announced, um, but we found out. When did we find out we were pregnant?
1: October 28th.
0: It was the Rogue Invitational Weekend. Yes, yes it was. And along with pregnancy Mm -hmm. comes uh, some changes in life. And some changes that we probably don't know yet. We are are chartering (laughs) unchartered territory. But we wanted to use today's episode, I'm going to turn it over to Steph here in a second, to talk about the things that are not seen from either a social media perspective or viewer. They're not seen through a journey to accomplish a goal or an ambition or a dream. Like to, to say you're, you're going after a dream, that's big. Like a dream is something that you are all in you are willing to dedicate your entire life for me, a dream is something I'm willing to die for, and there's things that you don't see that are are part of or consequences of going after this dream, and we want to talk about that today that's my intro. I'm going to hand it over to my pregnant wife steph
1: is that how is that my name now? yeah, <laughs> pregnant wife, steph. Yeah, I think we've talked about this concept for a while. It's a frequent conversation topic at dinner for us. And I think it's just because we're both really passionate about shedding light on the truth behind it because it's not just building your dream. It's ultimately building the life that you want. It's kind of a make or break thing. And I think there's so many unrealistic and deceiving expectations out. So I think that's the goal behind this is to shed some truth on it. And I don't think it matters... The dream it is like for you it's building a business but I think this could apply to career goals personal goals health goals financial goals I don't think it matters and I think this episode is going to be really valuable to kind of paint the messy picture of what it's really like to dedicate your life to your dream and kind of give more of a behind the scenes insight into what the last decade's been for you and then the five years that you know we've almost been together so yeah I think it's gonna bring a lot of value
0: and the reason that I really want to talk about this is because I want to set expectations. This, by no means, this episode is not a a reason or an excuse to bitch and complain and gripe and woe is me. It is not that. This is a realistic expectation that I'm that a, we are setting and explaining of what actually goes in to chasing your dream and I think Steph said it best it's messy like I was talking to A-Rod Alex Rodriguez he's our brand director today and we're always talking about like future projects that we want to work on and ideas and concepts some we realize are bad ideas some are not but I was talking about BPN over the last 10 years and It's been messy. Everyone sees from, or thinks they see from an outside perspective that you guys built this amazing business, which it is with amazing products and amazing people. But to get here was not a simple, easy journey. It was challenging. It was difficult. There was blood, sweat, tears, and beers involved. That's right. But the truth is... We got to be real. We have to We have to set expectations of of what actually goes into it. And I will preface it by saying, and I, I talked to you last night about this, I will preface it saying that there are exceptions to the rule. There are exceptions to the rule in every aspect of your life. For example, if I'm talking to someone about running a sub three hour marathon and I told them, yeah, it took me years to run the sub three hour marathon. I had to log this many miles. I had to do... This much training I had to hire this coach and someone is listening. They said, yeah, well, my brother ran a sub three hour marathon in his first marathon. Yeah. There's always exceptions to the rules. Yeah. My brother, my friend, my uncle built a business that made hundred million dollars in one year.
1: Those people love to chime in.
0: Yep. There are always exceptions to the rule, but it's not a realistic expectation. These are the realistic expectations of going after your dream and it's messy.
1: And I'm excited to bring a partner's perspective to this topic and even like a family perspective. Just because, let's be real, most people aren't doing life alone and, you know, it doesn't, all your decisions and how you choose to spend your time and energy doesn't just impact you, the one going after the dream or the life you want impacts the people around you. And I think it will be a really fresh perspective to hear from you and us and our situation, how it's impacted our marriage, our life, and what we've learned along the way.
0: I think the the quote that I reference a lot, and especially this past year, applies to this. You can go really fast alone, but you can go farther together. But when you go together, there are consequences, there's second and third order effects to every decision you make it doesn't just affect you or the people around you but it affects your partner and if you are married or you want to get married you will or you do already realize that you can't just make decisions on your own anymore it affects someone else equally and I had to learn that the hard way and I'm sure Steph can attest to it that I was probably not the easiest to be married to for the first year.
1: Me too. It goes both ways, but you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I mean, we've had this conversation. I'll, I'll give it to you, but uh, yeah. it's, it is what it is. But I want to dive into that today.
1: Yeah. So I think a good starting point. I want to hear from you on why you think people don't reach their goals or why they give up. What never gets them to that result that they want?
0: So there's this quote I heard this past year. My friend, Jeremiah Sullivan, who was on the podcast, he was a, an infantry officer in the 75th Ranger Regiment. He referenced a quote from Cam Haynes. And that quote has been in my ears and in my eyes, in my heart, and in my mind for months now. And it is, those who are not willing to sacrifice will cry the loudest. And I love that because the reason most people don't reach their goals or live out their dreams is because they aren't willing to sacrifice. You're always going to sacrifice something. Making any decision every single day is a sacrifice. If you decide in simplest terms, if I decide that I'm going to go get a coffee Instead of a burger, I have sacrificed the burger and your health. And, and your, no,
1: if you chose the burger.
0: Yeah, but there's, in every decision, there's, there's, they're sacrificing something. So most people aren't willing to sacrifice. And when you're not willing to sacrifice, you're not making a decision. You're not choosing. You're just stagnant. You're just there. You're just sucking air. You're just existing. I think the second thing is that people lack the discipline that is required for consistency. And last week I had on the podcast, Jeff Cunningham, and he said this quote that has been circulating the internet since, and it is that it's it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. And most people majority of people are not consistent in anything they do, anything. And I think that is one of my greatest strengths. I will, I will humbly say that-
1: I was going to do this for you, but go ahead. I will
0: humbly say that one of my greatest strengths is that I'm just consistently good at showing up and executing. I'm, I'm very rarely occasionally great at anything. I'm just consistently good. And when you show up and you're consistently good and execute on a regular consistent basis- It takes you to where you want to be. It really does. Chiming
1: in on the consistency. I never knew the way to describe, how to describe you until I think it was Jordan who said it, right? I think a couple of years ago when Jordan started here, he's like, Nick is the most consistent person I've ever worked with or met. You know exactly, you know, what type of Nick you're going to get every day because there is only one type you know, I've had coworkers in the past, people in our lives where they're like, I don't know what version of that person I'm going to get today. And it's kind of, it's it's not a good thing to be inconsistent. And when he said that, I'm like, that is the word to describe Nick. So anytime I'm ever asked to describe you, it's it's like you're almost on autopilot. It's creepy. Like you just do things without hesitation. And I think I didn't know you were going to toot your own horn because I was going to toot it for you. But yes, like that is the one word to describe. You have never seen a more consistent human in my entire life. And that quote that Jeff said, say it again.
0: It's better to be consistently good than occasionally great.
1: And I think that can apply to anything. That can apply to marriage, right? You know, you can be a douchebag to your wife six days out of the seven. And on the seventh day, you get her flowers and take her dinner. That's not a good marriage. I think that also applies to marriage. You know, showing up every day, being good, you know, still not being perfect, messing up, but having that solid, good foundation, that can be applied to anything.
0: It's applied to anything. Yeah. Anything. And I think that the, the last thing I'll touch on of why people don't reach their goals is pure passion. They really just don't want it. Like you don't, you don't want it bad enough. There's been times in my life where I've, I've gone after things that I really wasn't passionate about or it was something that someone wanted for me. And I thought, well, I should do this because someone wants it for me. And when he realizes, I really don't want this. And when you don't want it, there's no passion behind it. You can't fake passion. You cannot fake passion. If you try to fake passion, you're gonna lack consistency. You won't sacrifice and you won't do anything right. You won't. Passion is the number one thing that you need and you gotta truly want it
1: what would you say to someone because I've been in this boat before and I know what you said to me that they think they're passionate about something, they go all in, they start the business, they invest their time and money and then six months to a year later, they're burnt out. They're like, this is not my passion. What do I do?
0: Look for another passion. It's it's interesting because I'll apply this to the supplement space. I've met CEOs and owners of supplement companies who, when I've met them, I could tell instantly didn't care about products, didn't care about ingredients, didn't care about the manufacturing, didn't care about testing, didn't care about the consumer. They didn't really care. They didn't really have passion about the supplement industry, the supplement space, the supplements, what they're selling. And the only way to describe that that encounter between two people when someone's so passionate about something and someone's not, but they're, 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 they're faking it. Is that in that situation, I felt embarrassed for them. Yeah. I was like, you're doing this and you're not actually passionate about it. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for everyone who worked with you. I feel bad for everyone who buys from you because you don't actually care. You're not passionate about it. If you don't have that, get the fuck out. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. Don't waste other people's time, money, energy, resources. You have a service to yourself and the people you're serving. You have a, a responsibility to have passion in what you're doing, what you're promoting, what you're selling, what you're what you're living your life through. If you don't, it's, it's a disservice to everyone.
1: Totally. Well, let's kind of talk about the why behind this podcast why we are kind of choosing to share the real expectation. I know on my behalf, I can speak on it because, and I think it's so important to shed light on the reality. We see the social media comments, right? We see, like, let's say we post a photo of us and our dogs, or it's a picture of you standing in front of your, how many square foot warehouse at this point?
0: 45,000.
1: And it's life goals, couple goals, family goals. And I get, really triggered by that and you know this and
0: it's usually when the comments hit when steph and i are fighting (laughs) about about me (laughs) working too much or or training too much
1: i just think that like the whole topic of this podcast there's so much people don't see and for some reason the past year i've really felt this obligation and calling to explain to people no like there is no such thing as couple goals there's so much people don't see and there's been so many ugly moments, arguments between both of us, moments when we're like, how the hell are we going to get through this? But every couple, every family has that. So I mean, our,
0: our first year of marriage is pretty tough.
1: It was.
0: It was pretty tough I and mean, we'll, we'll dive into that.
1: we've only been married for, what, a year and three months.
0: Yeah, but everything after a year has been good.
1: It has been good because there's a baby in my belly. Um, I just think what people see is the end result a lot or what they think is the end result. And, you know, I talk about this all the time. People love a testimony. They love to share their struggle after they've crossed to the other side because it sounds better. Um, And it's like they never want to share the beginning or the messy, muddy middle. And I think that's why when people get stuck in the mud, they just give up and they throw in the towel on their dream. Um, they didn't know it was going to be this hard. They didn't know this was part of the process. So what's your why behind sharing the realness of this?
0: I think it's, it's that in a nutshell that, I mean, it's it's providing the realistic expectations of if you're listening to this right now and you're going after a big goal, you're going after your dream, there's a certain physical feat you want to do and accomplish. There's a a promotion you want. There is a change in your, your family that you want to initiate or you want to build a business. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, they're, they're business owners or they want to eventually build a business. This is the real realistic expectation of what you're about to experience. And if you're not, passionate about it, and truly invested into it, you're going to be let down. You better be willing and ready to invest a decade plus, Mm -hmm. if it takes that, to reach this goal. Everyone wants it tomorrow. Everyone wants it today. But you got to be in it for the long haul. And if you're not, you are going to be let down. You're going to be crying in six months, bitching about why you aren't there yet. Because I will reference another recent podcast. Everyone thinks they deserve it. Mm -hmm. They deserve it. They put in the time. They put in the effort. They had this, this hardship in their life. They had this struggle in their life. No one fucking cares. You don't deserve anything. You earn what you get. And that's when you'll be really proud of it. And that's the truth. And... I mean, this past 10 years of my life and the past year specifically, you learn that fulfillment and happiness is earned. It's not deserved. And there needs to be some light shed on that.
1: Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now who are in the beginning or the middle or the mud, as I like to call it. And they're like, okay, well, he is running the multimillion dollar business. He is already there. Like this isn't going to apply to me. I'm not there yet. And we want this to be relatable. We want this to meet people where they are. What would you say to that person who is like, well, it's easy for you to say because you are where you want to be.
0: mean, I started the brand in 2012 in my college apartment, told my dad, this is a a famous story to me at least, told my dad I was gonna make a million dollars that first year. And he looked at me, he laughed. He said, if it were that easy, everyone would do it. There's a reason that quote- It's on the wall. Is on the wall above- the ice bath, the treadmill, and the stairmaster and the bikes at BPN. <clears throat> and that first year I did 20,000 dollars in revenue at a net loss. Year two, 20,000 in revenue, net loss. Year three, 20,000 in revenue, net loss. In my head, I was like, "Well, everyone said it takes three years to build a business. I'm just going to ride this out." And I didn't know when I first started the business how much work it was actually gonna take. I, to be honest, thought it would be easier. I didn't realize what I was about to embark on. I didn't realize what I just committed to. And it wasn't until 2017, five years later, that we did that first million in revenue. But guess what? I didn't do that whole time. I didn't pay myself. 2017 was the first year I wrote myself a paycheck. And it wasn't much, I'll tell you that much. It was not a lot. In 2017, you might be thinking, oh, he was on top of the world, transitioned out of the military, had his business. They did seven figures in revenue. No, that was the hardest year of my life. Cash flow was a nightmare. I tell this story sometimes where I remember, it was me, Preston, and Joe. We were in our first warehouse. Our rent was $9,000 a month. We were investing all of our money all of our cash flow back into inventory just so we could keep products on the shelf and keep selling and growing. But because we were investing and sinking so much money into inventory, which at the time I didn't know how to track expenses, I didn't know how to track revenue, couldn't afford a CFO, could barely afford an accountant, doing all my own financials. There were times when we had $2,000 in the bank account, rent was due in a week. And we had to generate enough money to pay rent. So, what we would do?
1: Flash sale.
0: If you've been following the brand for a hot minute, you've probably seen uh, like 2016, 2017, 2018, 20% off flash sale, two hours only. You know how we did this? We did this so we could pay rent. <laughs> and we could make, I could pay Joe and Preston enough to just eat ramen noodles.
1: You're not just a generous brand that gives sales to your customers every month.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's what it took. And those nights, I remember those nights like it was yesterday sitting in my apartment bed mega dosing on melatonin so i could fall asleep because i was so stressed out that i thought i was going to lose my business the next day but i just kept going i just consistently kept showing up and hammering away and there was never a hallelujah like hail mary moment it just it just paid off over time and it took years to dig out of that but i've i i talk about those stories to say that i've been through The shit. I've been through the mud too. Just like some of you guys are listening to this. doesn't matter if it's applicable to your business, your family, or a friendship, or wherever you're at in your life. Everyone goes to the mud. Everyone gets stuck in the mud. Are you going to let yourself sink in it? Are you going to pull yourself out and get to the other side? Get to the dry land? I've been there. I've felt it. But I've also come out of it because I've just been willing to sacrifice. I've I've gone all in on what I'm truly passionate about and I've just shown up consistently. Never occasionally great, but consistently good on a regular basis. And I'm by no means where I want to be yet. I have not reached that dream. I have not reached that goal. We can dive into this later where I'm very rarely satisfied with my work or where I'm at in my life. And I'm not there. I am not there yet, but I'm working to get there. And there's things that I've learned along the way that I want to share.
1: Yeah. So let's dig a little deeper here then. Maybe share some stories and talk about what you and I have learned is required, kind of the tools that you need in your toolbox when it comes to going after that life you want. Tools that you and the people in your life need to have. Everyone needs to be on board, right? Um, So let's kind of talk about what we say is needed. I think the first being sacrifice, right?
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about sacrifice first in terms of, I think a lot of people think these things that we're going to talk about are more of like a internal issue which internal can also be selfish mm-hmm. issue. How has being my wife, my partner, how has sacrifice affected you through this journey?
1: I think that's a, a buzzword of our relationship, a sacrifice. I think sacrifice is part of any marriage, any relationship, whether it's a friendship or a marriage. There's something that you said at the Leadville premiere when we were doing the Q and a and someone asked um, me to come up and answer a question about like, how was it for you? You know, that was, I'm like, was that Iron Man? No, that was the ultra. was it for you supporting Nick, you know, on this huge endeavor. And I gave, you know, my spiel, which I'll kind of get into in a second, but you said something about how every time you add something to your life, you're taking away from something else. And I had never heard you say that before and I'm like, that is gold. I hope if anyone takes anything out of this entire night, it's that. Because that sums it up. You can add all these things to your plate. And you said, like, you can add the races. You can add the businesses. You can add the projects and the trips. But just know you were taking away from something else. And I think this is something that we recently learned. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. The reason I've never said that before up until the Leadville premiere is because I didn't, I wasn't aware right. of it. It didn't hit me until this past couple months, like probably around Leadville
1: yeah. 100.
0: And when I said it, I think I said it in the moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it just, it clicked where, again, I was talking to give some context. I was talking to probably a hundred people mm-hmm. at the premiere, BPN ambassadors, BPN teammates, friends and family. And I saw it as an opportunity to set some realistic expectations because I know people were about to watch this video and, and see this awesome team come together and cross the finish line in Leadville, Colorado to the Leadville 100, which we did, we did. But along the way, there was a lot of sacrifice. And there's there's always sacrifices that people aren't going to see. Sometimes you're going to go through things in your life. You don't have to share them. Like, you don't have to share everything. Some people want to share all the shit they're going through Teach their own. That's not me. I'm not going to put like sacrifice on this pedestal. I always say, don't put hard work up on a pedestal. But there's certain times like this moment in this podcast where, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll shine some light on this. And what I mean by this is, I used to think that I could just keep adding things onto my life. Oh, well, yeah, Steph, I'm gonna do this ultra marathon prep.
1: Well, let's talk about the first year of marriage. So our wedding got postponed at that point, you were training for Ironman, correct?
0: I was training for an Ironman. Yep. And I and I told Steph, I said, nothing's, I swear, nothing will change. I'm just going to be training three extra hours a day. I'm going to do it around work mm-hmm. because some people still think that my full-time job is to work out, which is hilarious. But yeah. I was like, I'll wake up at five. I'll run from six to seven. I'll be at work by eight. I can bike during my lunch break for an hour and then afterwards after work I will do a swim workout or a weight training workout. I'll be back at the house by 6 or 7 p.m. I was like you won't even know anything changes. But the reality is when you add things onto your life something else has to give. You can't just keep stacking things onto your life and just maneuver them around. That works to a certain point in a certain extent but even if i was able to fit all that training in my normal work day what else is going to sacrifice is the quality of time we have exactly. after work yeah so
1: sac- logistically you had it all figured out you did where it was almost your train most of your training was unseen by me you're you're correct in that but conversations we've had and even we've had just a couple of weeks ago about you going into this next sub what one hour Sub Sub um we've done things different this time you can logistically figure it all out where it looks pretty and perfect on paper but like you just said what I learned was the biggest sacrifice and the biggest thing I was missing from you was the time that we did have together like you just said you were exhausted you were crabby you were tired so I felt like the little time that I did get with you was crap it wasn't the hours of training, it was the impact it had on you and your energy.
0: I mean, I remember during that Ironman prep where I'd be done with training for the day. It'd be after dinner. And I was a zombie at this point. You know, when you're training three hours a day, you're, you're operating and running a business that's growing and you're hiring more people and you're going through growing pains. You're mentally, physically exhausted. I would get a shower after dinner and I would like stumble into the living room onto the couch
1: Limp most of the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a there's no life to me. There was no life to me until the next morning at five AM when I woke up after I slept. And it was like that for six.
1: Because you months? went you went from we got married in October, Iron Man was in what? Um, that was before, wasn't it? I always get you've done so many things. Did the, the marathon in it
0: January was, and then the race in May.
1: Yes. And then you went straight into sub three. Prep, correct?
0: I did the sub three prep in the middle of the, the triathlon prep.
1: Right. So it was just so many things piled on top of each other. And um, yeah, it was rough. I mean, and I think something about sacrifice that's worth noting is you kind of have to evaluate where your life is. And I think it's easy to sacrifice the wrong things, the wrong times. I think if we could go back, like, okay, this is our first year. This is our first few months of being married. I need a little bit more of you. I think if that expectation was set, I think that's a huge word too, that goes along with sacrifices, expectations. Um, I think it would have gone a little bit better. And I think if you don't set expectations and you don't communicate and you always say confrontation, if you don't confront things as they pop up, that's when resentment builds. And that's what built. That's what built in our relationship was resentment because I'm like, how, like, okay, show me you can do this. And then when you didn't do it perfectly and I didn't do it perfectly, resentment built. And I think resentment is just like the weed of marriage. It's so hard to kill.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we've talked about that. The only way to avoid resentment is by communication. But that communication is usually in the form of confrontation. Right. And we've applied that to business just as much as personal life personal relationships and the reason i bring up and i think sacrifice is the most important to to kick this off is yeah. you're going to have to sacrifice something but i want to frame it in a way of what are you willing what are you willing and able to sacrifice are you willing to sacrifice the quality of your relationship i was during this time unfortunately our you willing to sacrifice the quality of your work it's like people that are working a full-time job and then want to do a side project that's why i'm very weary of people that that i hire that have a side project or a side business because yeah you can say well i'm just going to be working on this on hours outside of my work at bpn yeah, but is that going to sacrifice the quality of your work when you're here working with us? That's the harsh reality, is that it's, it's easy logistically to maneuver things around and, and schedule and, and shift, but what's going to give? What, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to make that happen? You have to be willing to sacrifice something, and there's always things that I'm willing to sacrifice But there's also things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. Now, I'm sure people are listening to this saying, well, dude, you run the business. You don't have to do these physical fitness challenges. Yeah, but mentally, like for me, I feel like I have this obligation, this social obligation to do these things, to inspire and motivate and push people to reach their goals. Because when I get feedback saying, I see you training for this event and running a business and being married and doing all this stuff. It makes me realize I can do more. I'm like, fucking right. Yeah. I'm going to show you what it looks like to do is to do all this. I'm going to show you what it looks like when I push myself to push you. I feel this obligation to be pushing that bulldozer through a pile of mud to pave a path for other people to follow. That's how I, mentally in my brain, that's what it it feels like and looks like. I feel like I am driving this Caterpillar bulldozer and there's this thick mud and I am just, I'm just slowly driving through it inch by inch by inch and I'm embracing the struggle. I'm embracing the pain. I am willing to sacrifice things along the way because I'm so hyper-focused on paving this path. So that other people see this and they can follow in that path and reach their goals as well. That's what it feels like in my brain. So that's why I do all these things. That's why I have this relentless pursuit to be consistently good. That's what it feels like.
1: Yeah. And I think as far as my side of sacrifices go, I I wouldn't change the past year for anything because I think it was the biggest learning year for us. And I think it strengthened our marriage and it, it's still not perfect, but it got us where we are now, which I think is in a great place. Um, but also it was easy for me to be selfish when I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention or quality time with you. But I also had to have, some conversations in the mirror and be like okay well what are you gonna sacrifice Stephanie because look at this amazing life you guys have built you know you have to let Nick remain an individual in your marriage and we have we've had arguments sparked on like we've been in bed at night and I'll be like okay so what time are you gonna wake up tomorrow morning
0: oh I already know where that's going that question's asked and
1: when you if it's a, if it's a Friday night and it's it's a weekend and Nick would say okay well I'm gonna get up and run at 5 a.m. And in my brain, my brain would go to, well, I would really like to have coffee on the front porch with you. And that's all I want. You know my weekends are so important to me. You know I love mornings. Like I, I would get so upset with you and we would get into these hour long fights sparked on you running in the morning. But then I think after conversations we had and learning each other because you're constantly learning about your partner, even once you're married, I realized Nick is putting these runs before I wake up so he can spend more time with me throughout the day. And yes, I love having morning coffee with you, but that was something I was willing to sacrifice if I got more time with you later in the day. And honestly, you're crabby as hell if you don't run first thing in the morning. So I get a better version of you if I let you get up when the sun is down and run, not let you, but if you just go do it. So I think it can be a little of a sacrifice like that. Right, like sacrificing my morning coffee time, and we get that every now and then. But now that's less important to me because I see where your consistency and other bigger sacrifices have put us.
0: I think in life there's there's times when you have to sprint. Yeah, I've told you this before, where there are moments when you have you have built momentum. Momentum just doesn't happen on its own. When you build momentum, and you can start feeling this momentum. Now it's time to sprint with it. And you don't know if you how long this momentum is going to last and if it's going to come back. I think it's the mindset of, of a business owner, and entrepreneur. It's kind of like survival. It's a survival mindset where it's momentum's here. Let's sprint with it as long as we can. There are things I'm willing to sacrifice along the way because I don't know how long it's going to be here. And... I think the mind of an entrepreneur, the mind of a business owner is, is truly survive and thrive. You're, you're constantly fighting survival, even if you're doing very well and there's no issues, you're still always thinking back to those harder, muddier days when you're thinking, I don't want to be back there. Let's keep sprinting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So sacrifice is a huge one, clearly. I think it's one of the biggest lessons we learned in our first year of marriage. Absolutely. I really learned the true meaning of sacrifice from our marriage. And I'm thankful for that. I think another thing that goes along that we've talked about kind of a sacrifice is prioritizing and choosing how you spend your time. I think just from observing you over the last five years, I've never seen someone make every minute count. And I think you're really, really good at setting your priorities and eliminating eliminating things that aren't. So if you could touch on that a little bit.
0: Well, it's, it's it kind of goes like hand in hand with sacrificing. You have to be willing first off to sacrifice something. When you when you finally realize that, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice something in order to accomplish this goal or this dream, now it's time to prioritize and eliminate and this starts, I mean, you can literally make a list. You can take a piece of paper and a pen and write down what are the top five most important things in your life. Maybe it's my relationship with my wife, the health of my soon-to-be child. That's that, right. That we find the gender of this coming weekend, six, actually. Six
1: days and counting.
0: Six days, we'll find out the gender of it's a boy or a girl. That is obviously a priority. My business, the employees and team members of this business, my health, my fitness, like those are our priorities of my life. And then if they don't fit in those priorities, you can start eliminating then. I'll start eliminating these things. This is where most people fail is... Everything's a priority. Watching the football game on a Saturday, it's a priority. Being a part of this fantasy football league is a priority. Going on this vacation with my buddies and all the bachelor parties I was invited to this year, it's a priority. I got to do it. You got to learn how to say no. Learning how to say no is one of the most important skills you will ever learn how to do. And for me, it didn't come natural. For me, I was a yes man early on. If you were inviting me somewhere, yep, I'll be there. You needed help? Yep, I'll do it. And what happens is you're not prioritizing yourself or anything else. You're not eliminating anything and you're not accomplishing anything either.
1: Yeah, I think um, I've learned a lot about priorities and how it looks different for every marriage, every family. And... I like that you brought up sports because I think that's such a huge part of people's lives. And it's just something that we, me and you both have just never
0: teach their own.
1: Exactly. Right. But we have probably, I have my version of sports, right? Like I love the bachelor on Monday nights. It's not something I'm willing to sacrifice, but I think, I think you're right. It's easy. You just make the list and you go from there. Um, and I think this can just apply to anything again, marriage, life, all the things. Um, we touched on consistency a lot. But I do think it's important, especially inside of a marriage. And I think um, we talked about that Jeff Cunningham quote, which is just the best. You should get that on a wall. We
0: get I actually <laughs> you know I might get it tattooed. If something really sticks with me, you like consistency tattooed on my body. Yeah. The thing is, and I'll say it again, it's better. It's more important to be consistently good than what was the other part? Occasionally great. Yep. It's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. And in Jeff's reference, he was talking about training for a marathon. Just go out and hit the paces you're supposed to hit, hit the effort you're supposed to hit for that day. Don't redline. Don't try to be a hero where you kill yourself and you can't work out for three to four days afterwards. Same thing applies to business. You can't have subpar performance and be a shit bag and not show up to work, not take care of your team, and then walk in with a bottle of champagne and pop it when they hit the goal and be the hero and take them for dinner.
1: No one wants to be around that.
0: No, no one's going to trust you. Same thing goes for like a relationship too. It's if... I just ignored you all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't come home after work. I didn't tell you when I was coming home. We didn't go for date night. We didn't spend quality time together. But then every once in a while, I show up with roses and a $500 necklace and say, here you go, this makes up for it.
1: How long can that last?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So are you going to be the person that's occasionally great? Or are you going to be the person that's consistently good? And when I first heard this quote, I really had to think about it between the word good and great. And the reason I really had to think about it is because I I recently read a book a few months ago by Seth Godin called Purple Cow. And he talked about the difference between good, great, and remarkable. And in this sense, good was bad. Great was okay. Remarkable was the standard.
1: Yeah.
0: If someone says that was remarkable service, that was a remarkable waiter. It's like the best compliment you can get. The opposite from what Seth Godin says, the opposite of remarkable is great. That's how big the difference is between great and remarkable. But that's when it is performed and executed occasionally. That doesn't apply to consistently. Be consistently good. Hit your paces. Hit your daily revenue marks. Take care of your team. Show up for your wife. Show up for your family. Do that on an everyday basis and that compounds. Consistency, it compounds. When you do something occasionally great, that can't compound. That's just like a little tick. Like, if your performance is decreasing over time and it's just going downhill and you perform occasionally great, boop, a little bip, and it keeps going downhill. I'd rather be consistently good or it's just slowly rising up. Throwing a
1: little curveball at you because I know you hate this word, but it just kept popping in my brain when you were speaking. Balance. You hate the word balance because every YouTube, every YouTube video you have, man, I just want to know how you do this. How do you, how does your wife like you do this? How do you have balance? And we talk about balance all the time. And I think balance is different in my brain than consistency because we talk about this all the time. I don't think balance is super possible. Do you?
0: I have opinions on the word balance. I think that balance means something different to everyone. Mm -hmm. Balance is based off of your priorities. So for someone to look at my life, they might say, your life is so unbalanced. It's so unbalanced. But for me, I might say, no, I have my priorities in line. It is balanced. Sometimes it's not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that a lot of my life is out, out of balance. Sometimes my priorities are, are, are off. But it's because I'm in a sprint sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, I wish that I could like pull back my mind and really like look at what it looks like on paper because there is not a moment where it stops turning and moving and sometimes when even I'm talking with you or driving the truck after dinner my mind is like dissecting and digesting a problem that I'm thinking about that I want to solve but I'm still listening oh I know but but I'm I'm aware that I'm doing that, but I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. Balance is, it's unique and specific to the individual. So what is balance? I don't know what it means for anyone else, but I know what it looks like for me and you. Yeah. And I would say a lot of the times I miss it and I don't achieve it. Sometimes I do. And when you, you hit it, it feels good. It feels like fulfillment and successful, but no one can compare their balance to someone else's. It's just like, what are your priorities? Because no one's priorities are the same.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I think too, being out of balance is okay as long as you communicate and you set expectations. Like, hey, I'm going into a three-month season where I'm going to be stressed. And if you just have that conversation before, I think consistency, consistency with those conversations takes over and you can navigate through the imbalance, if you want to say.
0: I actually just thought of a story. This is how you don't do it. This was a month before, and I was under a lot of stress for the sub three hour marathon in January because I failed at the Austin marathon in 2020 I wanted to run a sub three hour marathon. We've been documenting this whole journey. Hundreds of thousands of people are following along and Austin marathon 2020. I failed. I did 3:24, 24 minutes off my time. So then I went back to training and the marathon was about a year later. It was the end of January in 2021, like January 29th, something like that. And before that month started, I was, so stressed about this i was like i gotta hit this i've put in the time i put in the effort i'm not missing this i'm not missing this and uh i turned to you one night when i was on the couch and i said just so you know this next month is gonna suck
1: oh my gosh i remember that moment
0: because i said i'm not i'm not eating anything off of my diet i'm i'm tracking everything i'm don't
1: I, don't cook I, for me because I'm just gonna have chicken and rice for
0: I, every meal. I gotta bring my weight down. When I set my mind on something, you can attest to it. I obsess. Yeah. I obsess over, over accomplishing it. Absolutely obsess. And sometimes through that obsession, I am willing to sacrifice things that I probably shouldn't. And my priorities are out of line. And I remember saying that and I could just see steam blowing from your ears
1: wasn't it what month was this
0: it was right before january it was like right after yeah, it christmas was, it, was, it was it was probably it, christmas no day. it
1: was no i think you told me this in the beginning of december and i am like buddy the elf I, I love christmas i love all the holiday foods and i'm like you're not you're gonna have chicken and rice for christmas dinner which he didn't but no i remember that being like thank you for the warning i'll just be counting down day by day until this is over which made it miserable
0: yeah but we learned. We learned. We learned. And, and the truth is, we will go through something like that again.
1: Yeah, I mean, kids on the way, it's going to be amplified.
0: Yeah, we will. But we've gotten better with communicating and setting expectations.
1: And and I think just knowing each other better, understanding each other better.
0: What's that quote you say that Sarah Blakely says about Jesse?
1: <sighs> um, you can't. Try to understand a man like that. You just got to love him. And I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. Thank you, Sarah Blakely. You should. <laughs> it's so true though. I mean, that's a huge thing in marriage, especially if you're married to a crazy person like I am. There is There are points where I'm like, I I mean, all the stuff you do, I don't understand how you do it. And I'm I'm done trying to understand it. I just love you through it anyway.
0: But again, I want to emphasize on this, that I've just realized over time the power of being consistently good. Yeah. I I was, it's funny because in like high school, I was never a stud athlete. I was never the smartest. Like some of my friends were top of the class.
1: You weren't the most,
0: you know, good looking guy either. I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I had a messed up That's haircut. Cute. I had uh <laughs> Acne. You were I had cute. sweaty pits. <laughs> my pits sweated ex- ex- excessively in high school. <laughs> I mean, I, side note, real quick. I used to wear, I used to wear an undershirt in high school, and because my pits sweated so much, to catch the sweat, to catch the sweat, oh. and then during lunch, I'd go to the bathroom and I would throw it out and I put a new one on because I sweated through. It would sweat through like multiple shirts.
1: Well, hopefully our child does not inherit that trait.
0: that was me in high school, and i I say that because I was never there if you would have looked at me in high school, it's like this guy's just like just average, just blending in, but I was just consistently good at things. I was just consistent with showing up and executing and, and doing what I had to do, and
1: it's like the tortoise and the hare,
0: yep over time. That just, I realized the power of that. I harnessed it. I was like, oh, if I just keep doing this every single day for 10 plus years, it'll get me to where I want to be. I don't have to, I don't have to throw the Hail Mary. I don't need the Hail Mary. I just need like a 10 yard pass every single day. That's what, all I need, a 10 yard pass. Just get some more yardage. Just accumulate yardage over time. Eventually, get you'll hit the touchdown. I'm just proud of you that you're using sports references. To be honest, I was afraid I was gonna mess that one up. But
1: <laughs> slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah, I think you start off slow and you pick up pace as long as you're steady and consistent. I think momentum. Yeah,
0: you pick up momentum.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that is patience. I think that's another huge thing you have to have in order to go after the life you want. You said it earlier, our society craves instant everything, right? Immediate gratification, immediate results. I don't even know if people know what patience is. I mean, there's moments when not. I mean, I always say that you are the most impatient, patient person I know because you can be so patient with something like over a 10 year span like VPN. but day to day, your employees know, I know you want something, you want it now.
0: Yeah. That's why I'm curious how it's going to translate to fatherhood.
1: (sighs) I'm sure uh, social media will tell us how.
0: Probably right. Yeah. The thing with patience is that I am, and I've talked about this before. I think it's really powerful that you need to be invested, like personally invested for the long haul. You can't go into something expecting to see the result right away. Or within a year or five years. When I started BPN and I realized, oh shit, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm in it forever. I'm just, I'm fully invested until we make this happen. But day to day, you are right. Day to day, I am extremely impatient. Because I know that when you accept inpatients as a daily standard, you don't ever, you can't, you can't appreciate the result of patience over time. When you are inpatient, I'm going to say that again. When you're inpatient on a regular and consistent basis and you accept that as a standard in your life, you will never be able to experience the result of long-term patience. True. So like, for example, if something gets today, today we moved the BPN marketing and media team to their new office. I moved my office to the, their previous office. And before hopping on this podcast, I was running around with everyone, moving furniture, getting desks in place, getting everything set up. Because tomorrow morning when I show up, I don't want to keep moving for another week. I want to be back to work tomorrow morning. I want to knock out the monotonous tasks that don't require innovation or deep work as fast and soon as possible. But the things that actually require thought and depth and innovation and creativity, yeah, I'll I'll allow that to, to build. I'm patient for that. There are certain things that in my life I will accept patience for. There are certain things I will not. And if I will not, I am not waiting. I'm not spending or wasting more time than I have to getting it done.
1: Do you think that because it's taken you a decade to get to where you are, it's made it a little sweeter? Do you think, do you think waiting and how you choose to wait impacts how the end result feels?
0: Yeah, I think it does just because you mature and learn along the way. Yeah, like I didn't, I, if BPN would have been as big as it is now, one to two years after starting it, I wouldn't have gained the wisdom and appreciation that I have over the last decade. And when you say a decade, that's a long time. Same thing with marriage. Like the things that we're saying now after being married for 15 months. Yeah. We'll uh, probably, we'll probably look back in like 30 years and laugh totally because of the experience that we're going to go through, the wisdom that we're going to gain, the struggles that we're going to experience, even if have after having this baby, like a year from now, I guarantee we're going to be looking back saying, ha, yeah. remember our old life? Yeah. How much it changed, how different our priorities were. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's already uh, a parent tells me like, as soon as you have kids, your priorities change. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah. And I'm willing to sacrifice other things that aren't part of that priority. Life changes.
1: Yeah.
0: Like you can't compare your life to someone else's life based off of differences in priorities.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. I think patience, it's really it's defined by like how you are in the weight to give a completely different perspective from business. All I keep thinking about, I feel like patience was I had to pick one year to sum up 2021. It's patience. We're pregnant now, but another unseen thing, what people don't see, it took us a year to get pregnant and I had to be, we had to be in the weight this whole time. And now that we're pregnant, I can absolutely say it's so much sweeter and it holds, I'm sure the same amount of value. Everyone's excited to be pregnant and start their family, but I just feel like I have this different perspective on life than I did before. And I'm, I'm thankful for the wait that we had to go through. It taught me, It taught me a lot about how to wait and that truly impacts your success overall and your life, how you wait, how you choose to wait.
0: I think also there's almost perfect timing where, you know, we we went through some struggles Mm -hmm. this past year in terms of just like fighting about quality time and business and sacrifices and all these things.
1: On the sacrifice, also too, like you had to sacrifice a lot of your mental capacity and your energy on me and our fertility conquest to a baby like it can literally be applied to anything. All these things that we're talking about today, like it can be applied to business and then also the journey we've been on the past past year.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's very rarely what what you think it is.
1: Yeah. That's
0: why it's it's frustrating when you see other people judging other people based off what they think they know or what they think they see or what they do see or glimpses of what they see. But at the end of the day, we all have to go through all of these things sacrifice, patience, consistency. Like all of these things are a part of everyone's journey. And I also love the quote that says, Comparison is the thief of joy. Yep. When you compare your journey to someone else's journey, compare your struggles to someone else's struggles, you compare your life to someone else's. Comparison will always steal joy out of your life. So just stop comparing. Just stop comparing your position, your situation to someone else's because one, you don't know what they had to go through to get there. Yep. And you don't know how they actually feel in that moment or now. They might be looking at you saying, I wish I had their life.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's a thief of joy. Comparison is a bitch.
1: And I think too, we're in this age of oversharing and people go on Instagram and tell the world they're fighting with their husband and they just had a horrible week and they almost got divorced. So this oversharing environment, I think has made comparison like inevitable because when you're not even looking for it, like I think um, my mom was saying, we were talking about baby stuff and she's like, there's just so many things these days. I mean, you never knew the, the stroller someone had or how they dress their baby unless you saw them at church on Sunday or in the grocery store. But now it's just on display. And I think I think oversharing is like the biggest catalyst for comparison.
0: Well, it's tough because oversharing also sets realistic expectations.
1: Exactly. So it's a good thing and a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's like it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. I just it's don't think. I find. don't think we we need to be consuming as much as we consume. Yeah, agreed. Because when yeah. when we consume this much, then we're not able to actually think with depth. Yeah, that is the biggest takeaway. When I was reading Deep Work this past month, is that we live in a world of shallow thinking. We live in a world of shallow. Everything people act, speak, think, shallow because we're so distracted like there's there's so much we're consuming and that is flashing in front of our eyes where we can't actually reach depth of of meaning, and when we eliminate those distractions, if you just spend a few days off of social media, spend a few days of not watching the news. And you actually allow yourself to think deeply. It's powerful. It really is. But a lot of people will never reach those depths because they're addicted to the shallowness.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think the only other thing I kind of want to talk about, and it's a huge one, is awareness. Because that's been, as Nick Bear would say, a game changing. <laughs> kind of tool in our toolbox when it comes to marriage and navigating work and relationship being aware we'll meet new people and we'll talk about whether or not we think that person is an aware person because we love people who are aware Mm -hmm. right you love when your employees are aware of what's going on read the room I think that is a huge quality to have in any instance in life
0: yeah I kind of want to kick this one off I made this comment when we were coming back from dinner Friday night And it was kind of in regards to this is being aware of who you are surrounding yourself with. Yeah. I, the older I get, the more I I believe and understand that you are a sum of the, the five people you surround yourself with. So true. On a regular basis. And here's my proof for that. When you are, say you have your five best friends are the five people you spend most time with? Might be coworkers, might be family, might be friends, might be significant other or others. And what are you guys talking about? If you go to dinner, what's the conversation? If you go for drinks, what's the conversation? If you're just hanging out on a long road trip, what are you talking about? Are you talking about other people and complaining and negativity And pessimism, or are you talking about ideas and concepts and change and improvement and lifting each other up? That's that's the number one way I I kind of grade, I don't want to say judge, but I grade the character of a person and if I wanna allow them to be a bigger part of my life. If they're talking about people and negativity. Nah, it's okay. Yeah. I already got enough of this. But if they're adding value, if they're adding energy, if they're being positive and they're talking about change, hell yeah. Come into my circle. Be a part of this. That's, that's an awareness of who you're surrounding yourself with to allow yourself to grow. And part of that, taking it back a few steps, that's when you prioritize and eliminate You prioritize who needs to be a part of your life based off of of that awareness and maybe not eliminate but minimize those who are not.
1: Because in reality, you can't always control who you're surrounded by. I've had previous jobs where I've had toxic co workers. right, where I leave a meeting or I leave a day sitting next to them and I'm like, I am in such a bad mood because that person rubbed off on me. You can't control that. But what you can control is— your reaction to them, how much time and energy you actually put into them, and instead choosing to prioritize the people that make you better outside of that situation instead.
0: You know how you could minimize co workers?
1: How? I'm scared.
0: Liquid ass. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. How did you just think of that? <laughs>
0: I, thought, I was like, I was thinking about it. how could you get rid of someone who's like in your workspace? It can't go away. That'll do it.
1: Liquid ass is the spray. That I used back in the day for a prank that smells like a what? How would you describe it?
0: It's like bad breath. Bad breath. An ass.
1: A dirty diaper, and maybe like a dumpster all in one. Just we, spray that. We were Eliminated.
0: In, we were in California for a business trip, and Steph sprayed it in the Airbnb with all the BPNT members, and
1: Preston walked right
0: into it. <laughs> we were we we're nearly about to throw up. So if you can't eliminate or minimize the people that Stop you don't it. want in your life. Go on Amazon, get a bottle of liquid, liquid ass. ass and just spray it all over the place. Just fill their room. Fill your room with liquid ass.
1: This podcast was brought to you by liquid ass.
0: <laughs> liquid bare ass.
1: Oh, but on the real, I think something that we've learned is reflection in our marriage and, and taking time to zoom out and, as you say, from like 10,000 feet, look down. Is this working? Is the path that I'm on, the path that I'm that I'm wanting to be on, evaluating and making changes as you go in your business, which you do all the time. And then also in our marriage. You know, that first year when we were kind of having a rough go, it got to a point where I'm like, I think we need to bring in like a third party, just someone with a non-biased opinion so we can sort through some of this stuff. And it, it worked for us in that season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that, you have to be it's a
0: therapist, yes. by the way. What did I say? I, I don't know if you said it.
1: Oh, I said third party. Yeah, third yeah, party. yeah, yeah like counseling. And um, I think being open to reflection, because as much as you love to move fast and break things and always go forward, you don't want to spend too much time looking back, but there are benefits in looking back and reflecting, don't you think?
0: Well, I don't think you always have to even look back. You can look down. So the way I kind of Hmm, painted my picture is like sometimes when I'm talking to mentors or business coaches or like people who are doing bigger, better, more successful things than me, they'll ask me the question, are you currently working in the business or on the business? And if I'm working in the business, I am, I'm in there, I'm turning wrenches, I'm cleaning floors, I'm doing whatever has to be done not the role of a CEO. Why? Because as a CEO, you need to be working on the business. You need to be thinking of yourself 10,000 feet in the air and you're watching the entire business operate and you're moving pieces strategically and intentionally to promote change and success within that business. But if I'm down there operating in, I can't do that. And it all kind of falls apart. There's no growth. So think of your life as pulling yourself out of it, going 10,000 feet above. I do this all the time, like on my morning runs especially, where I'm just kind of painting the picture of what my life looks like right now. Where can I make small pivots and changes to kind of adjust the course and end up where I need to be because I'm looking at it from this awareness standpoint? I'm not down there in it trying to change it all the time. There's a time and place to go in and execute and make some massive changes. But then there's also the time where you need to go ten thousand feet above and and look at look at the big picture.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about the big picture. And I think that you have to frequently do that because things are always changing. And if things are always changing, that's a good thing, right? We're about to embark on a huge change in our life in six and a half months. That's going to take some awareness of, okay, our life looks different. What things need to be adjusted and tweaked a little bit.
0: I think this this past Ironman prep and marathon prep, which lasted like six months, is a prime example of I didn't take one moment to go 10,000 feet above and paint the picture of what I was doing. I was just in it. I was in it for six to seven months and I was in it deep and I had no awareness of the the sacrifices I was making, the second and third order effects and consequences that my decisions were causing for our relationship, for the business, you know, parts. And when I was in there for six to seven months, when I finally came out, I finally went 10,000 feet. I realized Shit, I was in there deep. Yeah. And when you're in there deep, sometimes you don't know it. Sometimes you're, you're just like, you're fighting. You feel like you're fighting the entire time. And it's hard to get out of that fight. But when you get out of the fight, you can, you can look at the big picture perspective. And then it's like, oh, was I fighting for the right things? Should I fight for that again? Should I be fighting for something different? That's what it feels like. That's what I was doing. And that's where I was messing up. And I will tell you, my life is always better when I'm aware and I go 10,000 feet above. I paint the picture. I readjust, get back on course, execute.
1: Yep. I would say I've seen tremendous lengths and change with you when it comes to being aware in like a 360 way like you said you have a tendency to get really deep and keep your head down is that what you said does that make sense
0: yeah keep my i mean i keep my head down and just drive drive through it
1: right but when you said looking down rather than back that's what i was kind of getting confused by but now your awareness it's completely different
0: and it's hard it's it's hard to maintain that because if you're listening to this, you're like, holy shit, I have, to be, I have to be aware now of being aware of being aware. I have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I have to be patient, but also be impatient at times. I need to be willing to sacrifice something, and now I need to prioritize and eliminate. It's messy. Holy crap. Where do I even start?
1: You know, about TikTok, it's like your goal. Or like now, goal, and then it's like din, 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 da, na, 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 na. yeah, and it's messy and it's I haven't seen skewed. that. I
0: don't have TikTok.
1: Yeah, well, I don't either, but it's everywhere, Nicholas. Um, but the point is, it's not a straight line to any goal that you want. It's looks it looks like crazy, a crazy path.
0: If you try to avoid the messiness, you're probably not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay at the starting line. Be ready for some messy shit. Mm -hmm. Be ready to get through the mud. Be ready to get muddy.
1: Our life's about to get real messy. In more ways than one.
0: Baby poop. (laughs) About to be covered in baby poop.
1: Well, I think we have said what we intended to say. I think we did a good job of painting that messy picture. And like you always say, it's easy to Think you know someone or criticize someone or judge someone. What do you say when the only evidence is what you.
0: I said this this weekend. I was really proud of this one. It was criticism is easy. When the only evidence you have is what you see. Yeah. Or think you see. Right. And I thought about this a lot lately. It's so easy to criticize. It's really easy to criticize. But. You don't see it all. Yeah. You don't see the mess. You don't see the in between. You might see the start and you might see the finish or the start and where they're currently at. But you don't see that journey. If you don't see the journey, you don't know the journey. You can't appreciate why they're making the decisions they're making and what they're doing. Because it's easy to criticize.
1: Yeah. And I my favorite. And if you're wondering if we walk around our house talking in quotes, we do.
0: Oh my, I'm always quoting. Cool. You should see my my notes on my iPhone. My notes on my iPhone is a nightmare.
1: Oh my gosh. My
0: legal team probably hates me. I'm constantly sending my lawyer emails saying, can we trademark this? Oh
1: my gosh. You All the, the time. Yep. Well, one of my favorite quotes is from Mr. McConaughey's book, Green Lights. It has changed the way I do my job, which is social media. And it's changed the way I talk to people and the way I listen to people and the way I interact with you. And the quote is, sometimes you don't need advice. You just need to know that you're not alone. And I hope that's what this was, this, this episode, right? It was more advice and the lessons we've learned rather than, like you said, we can't give you a, a, a list, a step-by-step guide or a blueprint because th- there's no such thing.
0: No. No, no one's plan. Is, I mean, I could give you, I could give someone what exactly I did to build BPN, avoiding all the mistakes I made. It will get you to a goal faster for sure. It will get you to success, but it won't get you to exactly what where I am right now because I had to go through some, some shit and some mud mm-hmm. to get here. And you should, you should look forward to that. People should look forward to going through the mud those are the most fun parts. Yeah. That is, that is, those are the most fulfilling days. They're the hardest days, but they're most fulfilling.
1: They're hard when you're in them.
0: They're really hard when you're in them. And then when you're out of it, you laugh and say, oh man, I miss those. I miss those days, but.
1: because You always learn something.
0: Yeah. You always learn something. Maybe not right away, but in retrospect, when you look back thinking, mm, there's a reason that happened.
1: Well, I think I think we've we did it. Honey. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for being on. Those are the real life of Nick and Steph. <laughs> there's things you don't see. Yes. Right? There there's there's struggle, there's pain, there's fights, just like everyone else. Yep. Nope. There's nights where we go to bed and
1: I get mad at Nick because he's tired.
0: <laughs> we're not very chatty. But that's real. Those are the expectations. It's not, like we laugh sometimes, like we said in the beginning, when people say couple goals, yeah, because it's t- it's typically commented or said, or in like the biggest fight ever.
1: A dumpster fire.
0: It's a dumpster fire. And everyone's like, ha, yeah, uh-huh. Yep. But at the end of the day, we love each other and we're about to have a baby.
1: Bring it on, Baby.
0: Baby Bear come in July of yeah. 2022. This
1: baby could be born on 4th of July. How Nick Bear would that be?
0: First name is going to be Old, middle name would oh, be Glory. Yeah. Old Glory Bear. Nope. No. All right guys, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bear performance. Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. It helps us to grow and reach more people and hopes of changing lives with the Go One More mindset. Head on over to bpnsups.com for all your health, performance, and nutrition needs. We offer a wide range of products to help you feel and perform at your highest level, built on quality, and proven by results without compromise.